Good morning, Journey Church. How's everybody doing? Are you excited to be here today? Man, look, I'm going to tell you what, it's beautiful outside. Amen? Good weather this week, and we have begun the air conditioner roulette here at Journey Church. We never know, should we put it hot, should we put it cold? So I just told them this morning, set it on like 35, but we're going to go with that, all right? So... It's good to see all of y'all this morning to be able to worship together. I do want to take a moment to greet any first-time guests who might be here today. Uh, my name's Jay. My wife, Stacy, and I are the pastors here at Journey, and it is a privilege to have you with us today. And then also to greet everybody who is joining us online right now. I was actually online a few moments ago and, and commented on there, and there's quite a few people every Sunday morning that, that tune in to watch this service live. So Journey Church, can we give them a great big Journey Church welcome this morning? Now, we're in a series called Filter. Uh, we actually started this a couple weeks back. Great series. Hope you're enjoying it as much as I am as we are going through and looking at different filters that God has for us for our lives because we live in a world that's constantly trying to pollute us. And before we dive off into that headlong, I just want to take a moment and invite you tonight, uh, this evening we are having our second, everybody hold up two fingers just like this, having our second interest meeting for our Watson campus that we're launching in spring of 2020. I'm anxious that if you have not been over there yet to see that facility, uh, you can come this evening at five o'clock. It's going to be a great time as we continue to talk about vision and all the things that the Lord is doing there. But we also uh, introduced some of our uh, serve team leaders tonight at that meeting. And so it's going to be a good evening, very fired up about what God is doing over there. And I do want to tell you, a lot of people are like, you know, well, what's going on with the Watson campus? You know, everybody heard that we were going to put Pastor Jeremy there as the campus pastor. And what that means is this. A lot of people are like, you know, is he leaving? And the answer to that is absolutely not. It's only five miles down the road. And so you need to view that campus as an extension of this one as well. And what we're going to do is actually Jeremy will facilitate those services, but the teaching, the preaching, we're going to do our service schedule here and there to where I actually will drive back and forth and preach all the different services at both campuses and so what I need for you to do a lot of people are like hey uh, Pastor Jay that, that's a you know is it even possible that's a long way we timed it out numerous times it is a seven minute drive to that campus and you know what seven is that's God's perfect number amen so we're going to have a great time reaching families in that community so if you are available this evening come join me and Pastor Jeremy over at that campus, 5 o'clock, you get to see what's going on over there. And we're going to have a lot of fun talking about vision. Now, if you have your Bible, take it out. Go to Matthew chapter 26 as we're going to be looking at a verse of Scripture. And we're going to go in a little bit different direction this morning. The last two weeks we have talked about prayer. We've been talking about different filters that God gives us for our lives as the world's constantly trying to pour pollution into us. What do we have from God that helps us to bring purity to our lives? And the first thing we talked about prayer, we actually talked about that a couple of weeks. We're going to be talking about studying of the Word. We're going to be talking about fasting. We're going to be talking about worship. And today actually starts the segment on worship. But here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about it in a little bit different way. And the reason why we're going to talk about it in a little bit different way is because Every now and then you go to church and you actually get one of these little packets. We pass these out here and they also pass them out at other churches. Maybe not exactly this, but you get your hands on one of these. Anybody know what this is? 
is communion. A lot of people, uh, whether you call it the Lord's Supper, communion, the Eucharist, whatever, a lot of people have some maybe some misunderstanding as to what this actually is. And I know that if you're anything like me, whenever I was a kid and I would show up at church and they had the table set up front at the denominational church that we went to and they had the, you know, the big silver trays and plates and all that kind of stuff, I used to get excited because I was like, oh yeah, it's juice and cracker Sunday. And I'm like, we get a snack in church today, you know, and uh, did not have an understanding as to what it really was. And so it wasn't until several years later in Sunday school, I began to be taught uh, what communion or the Lord's Supper really was. And so here's the reason why we're talking about it as we open up this segment on worship today is this actually is a beautiful form of worship that we have corporately but also individually. Here in just a little bit we're going to receive communion together as a church corporately as the body of Christ but I encourage you that at home that you get some grape juice, you get some crackers, you gather your family, receive communion from time to time as a family, but also maybe individually as well. During your study time, uh, your worship time, uh, go and read through one of the accounts of uh, the Last Supper and, uh, and receive communion because it is an unbelievable way to worship God. And it is a tremendous filter. Everybody say filter. Filter for our lives. Now, when you hear about that, you might say, how is that a, a filter for our lives? Well, we're going we're gonna to jump off into that a little bit deeper here in just a few moments. But uh, let me read this to you. Matthew chapter 26, we start with verse 26, and we see an account of the Last Supper. It says this, while they were eating, Jesus, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new. What are those two words there? With who? You in my Father's kingdom. Now, here's the thing. When you read that account of communion and you hear things like, this is my body, take and eat, this is my blood of the new covenant, take and drink, that to a lot of people just sounds kind of, kind of weird. Like, what is that all about? And, and actually, some people have said, you know, well, that, that side in Christianity, I don't understand it, you know, eating the body and the blood of Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And I want to help you understand something. I get it. It sounds a little different, sounds a little bit weird, but you need to understand that Jesus was not literally telling his disciples to eat his body and drink his blood. What he was doing, he was using the bread and the wine as symbols to illustrate the sacrifice that would soon take place and to give all of us in the church, the body of Christ, a tremendous gift in order to be able to remember what he did for us at the cross. Now, here's the reason why illustrations are so powerful. He did this to serve as an illustration because illustrations help us to what? Remember. I know that whenever I was a children's pastor, I did tons of illustrated messages. Every Sunday morning, you had to come up with a way to help the children remember what that verse or that teaching was. I see a lot of our J-Kids workers over here in their orange shirts. Let's give them a great big hand clap, guys. They, they do an unbelievable job. But they were kind of like, you, because they, they know. 
to help kids understand the word, you've got to be able to, to make it come alive and illustrate it to them. And so a lot of illustrations. I've done illustrated sermons here from time to time. One time had a, a big riding lawnmower on the platform and almost drove it through the drum cage. Uh, that was an accident. That was the last time we brought a lawnmower on the platform. But uh, there was one time whenever I was a children's pastor, I was teaching on the armor of God. And uh, sword of the spirit, the helmet of salvation. And whenever it came time to teach on the shield of faith, I was talking about the fiery darts and all these things that the enemy throws at you. And we had this little girl in our youth group. She was the student pastor's daughter, little bitty thing. And we had a suit of armor there at the church and they had a big old shield and I barred that shield from it. And I asked the little girl, I said, do you trust me? And she was like, I guess so. <laughs> And so I said, well, here, stand right here, and I'm going to put this shield in front of you, and you get behind it, and you just, you just hang out for a little bit. And she was like, okay. And so I took a few paces back, and I pulled out of my pocket some firecrackers that I had. Now, they don't do this to your kids in children's church these days, okay? This was back, this was back in the good old days, all right, where you could do this kind of stuff without making social media. <laughs> and so... I, she's behind this big old shield, and I said, are you ready? And she's like, yes, sir. And, and I lit one. About the time I'm lighting it, she like peeks over the top of the shield, and she, her eyes get like this big. And she went back behind the shield, and I kind of took it and tossed it. Well, sure enough, it hit the shield, bounced off, went off in kids' church, you know, boom. And I did that numerous times, and guess what? Those kids began to understand the enemy throws, not me, Pastor the enemy, but the devil, the enemy, Okay. <laughs> throws things at you, accusations, lies, temptations, and faith within our life helps to deflect and quench those things. And I've had kids tell me throughout the years, now that they're older, they're married, got kids and families of their own, they said, Pastor Jay, the different illustrations, the way that you help make the word come alive, I still remember those things that you taught me. Well, guess what? Jesus is teaching his disciples. He's giving them a tremendous gift of worship to be shared throughout the entire church, the entire body of Christ. And it is a wonderful illustration because it reminds us of what Jesus did for all of us at the cross. Now, here's the thing. When you go into communion and you actually look at it and what it means, the word communion in the Greek is koinonia, and it means participation, sharing, intimacy, communion, or common union. And here's why I like it so much, because it is literally like you are participating with Jesus by faith in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And I like that whenever you talk about common union, because when you have something common in, with somebody, there's a special bond. There's a union that takes place there with that person. And a lot of us in this room, we have different things in common, okay? Uh, in fact, if, just, if I asked you this question, how many of you here, think of your favorite color. And I said, how many of you in here, your favorite color is purple? Raise your hand. If purple is your favorite. Okay, now keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Look around and see people. Okay, it's your, your purple people, okay? All right, you see them? All right, you got them marked. Okay, you're like, oh, that's my people. All right. Here's another one. How many of you in here, your favorite color is, I don't know, green? Raise your hand. Green? Any green people? Okay, look around, see your people. Green people? Okay. All right. How many of you in here, your favorite color is orange? Raise your hand. Okay. Really? Like three of us? Okay. Like, okay, we got some orange shirts over here. Right there. Uh-huh. My orange shirt. Here, here's the reason why I bring that up. This morning, I was in the office, and a couple of young ladies were in there talking, and I literally heard them say, when, when nobody likes orange, nobody likes that color, 
And I walked in them off and I said, you know, actually orange is my favorite color. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Jay. Super sweet girls. They actually told me, said, we heard you threw us under the bus after the first service. But I'm like, super sweet girls. But everybody has different things that we like. And when we have something in common, it, un it unites us. Oh, here's a good one. How many of you in here like the LSU Tigers? Raise your hand. Okay. Woohoo! Does that unite? Look around and see your people. Now, if you see somebody without their hand in the air, like, just look away. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one. How many of you in here, you can't stand Alabama? Raise your hand, okay? Woohoo! There's our people, all right? That unites us, okay? It's something that we have in common, okay? And whenever you have something in common with somebody, there is a bond that is shared there. Well, here's the thing. You say, okay, well, what does all this have to do with communion? Well, we have a common union, a bond. And that bond is Jesus and what he did for us at the cross. And whenever we receive Christ into our life, we open up our heart. We recognize our need of a Savior. We realize, hey, listen, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. There is no hope for me in the direction that I'm headed. But because Jesus went to the cross for me and paid the price for my sins, whenever I choose to receive him, embrace him as my Savior and Lord, I, at that moment, am forgiven. I, at that moment, am made a new person. And I, at that moment, step into the family of God. And guess what? You hear people say, like, brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. There's a reason for that. Because we become family at that moment. Look at your neighbor and say, we family. Uh, if they really your earthly family, that I get it. Why don't you turn around and look at the person behind you and say, we family, what's up? Okay. The reason why is because we have something in common. There is a bond that unites us. And here's the thing. Whenever we take communion, we are participating with Christ and other believers in the bond that we hold through his body and through his blood. Actually, Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 16. He says, Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? So as the church, as Christians, as ones who are the family of God, whenever we receive communion, it is a reminder of what Jesus did for us at the cross. We honor him, we celebrate, we worship him for that, but it also reminds us of the bond that we have in him. So here's the thing. Communion is an awesome filter. Everybody say filter for our lives and there's three reasons why and I'm going to go and give you a crash course today what I'm going to teach you actually is is more or less what I teach in the step one class whenever we talk about uh, communion and the reason why I think that this is important is because a lot of times we receive things and we don't necessarily even know what it means we just kind of go with the flow and I want you to understand that as the body of Christ as the church that whenever we receive communion, the Lord's Supper, and we honor the Lord in that way, it is a tremendous act of worship, but we need to have full understanding of what it means and why it is so important that we receive this. And Jesus said, you know, we, we see in Scripture things like, you know, do this in remembrance of me. We are remembering the price that was paid for us, for our salvation, and it serves as a wonderful filter for a couple of different reasons. The very first reason why it's a great filter for us to help bring purity into our life is because whenever we receive communion, it is to be a time of, check this out, examination for our lives. 
It's a time to examine our heart, our mind, our spirit, our, our motives. It's a time for us to thoroughly examine who we are and to check this out. Allow the Holy Spirit to examine us. The reason why is because a lot of times we see things in our life and we just kind of brush it off to the side. Oh, that's not really that big of a deal. But if you let the Holy Spirit get involved in it, something that we brush off and we justify and we say, ah, that's not that big of a deal. And if the Holy Spirit gets involved, he convicts our heart. We say, I need to deal with that in my life. Now, here's the thing about examination. Sometimes you don't necessarily like what you find there. Okay, It's kind of like this. Uh, a couple weeks back, I was at the house, and I was leaving out, headed somewhere, and uh, I, I always misplaced my keys, my wallet, my cell phone, my sunglasses. Anybody else? Okay. All right, good. It's not just me. And that day, I had everything. I had my keys. I had my wallet in my right pocket, my cell phone in my left pocket, and I'm leaving out, and I, get to, I step outside, and it's one of those rare days here in the last few weeks where the sun was shining, Okay. And so I'm like, oh, I need my sunglasses. I turn to go back in the house, and I start looking for my sunglasses. I'm going through the whole house, y'all. You ever have one of those moments like we're searching everywhere, okay? And uh, I, I look through the kitchen. I go look on the desk. I look on, we got a little table there where stuff, everybody puts their stuff when they come in. I went through that. I went through the living room. I went into the bedroom, looked on my bedside table. I go into the closet, look on the chest of drawers. I go in the bathroom, look on my sink, and guess where they are? I can't, nowhere, I can't find them. You ever gotten frustrated in that moment? And I was frustration starting to build. I'm like, where are my, I gotta go. And I walk out, Stacy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm looking for my sunglasses. I can't find them anywhere. I've gone through this house. I've turned it upside down. And she said, I'm like, what, what are you doing? She's like, <laughs> and I had a hat on and I went, and they were on the hat. You ever done that before? Thank you. Uh, thank you. Because in that moment, you're like, I'm the dumbest person on the planet, you know? Here's another one. Have you ever been looking for something and it's in your hand? Thank you for that. Because I'm like, man, I'm losing my mind. But... I spent all that time going through the house and looking, and actually, whenever I found my sunglasses, I was glad I found my sunglasses, but I was frustrated because I had wasted all that time looking for them. Well, here's the thing. Whenever you examine your life, you allow the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, search me. Examine my mind, my heart, my motives, my intentions, every part of me, from the top of my head to the bottoms of my feet, examine me. And convict me of the things in my life that do not need to be a part of my life. You get the Holy Spirit involved. There might be things there that you may not like. But there are things that still need to be dealt with in our life. And that's why communion is such a wonderful filter. Because it's that time whenever you just say, you stop. And you take that communion and as you're preparing to receive it into your life and to worship and honor God. You can take that communion and you can take a moment and you can just be alone with just you and the Lord. Even if you're a crowded room full of people, just be alone with the Lord and to allow him to examine you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes right now, everybody in this room. And let's allow the Holy Spirit to examine us. Let's take a moment. 
Now, a lot of times people, whenever we, we let things get kind of quiet, we, we don't like that. We're like, oh, it makes me nervous. But boy, the Holy Spirit can speak to us whenever we're just quiet and still. First Corinthians eleven twenty eight. Paul reminds us of this. He says, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So communion is a wonderful filter because it's a great time of examination. Here's another one. It's a great time of reflection. Now, here's why I like reflection. If you hadn't opened your eyes yet, you can open them, okay? Be like, how, lo- how long, Pastor Jay? <laughs> It's a great time of reflection. And and here's why I like reflection whenever I'm about to receive communion. Because have you ever gone back and looked at old family photos? I I like going back from time to time. We've got boxes and boxes. Uh, In 2016 when the flood hit, we have great neighbors and they had gone into our house and they picked stuff up. And fortunately for us, we, we actually had taken all of our photos and they were in plastic bins and they were on the floor in our spare bedroom. And so my wife, you know, whenever she thought about that, she was really aggravated and upset because she's like, we just lost all of our photos. Fortunately for us, our neighbors had taken all those photos and lifted them up and put them on the bed. And I remember going through those photos and looking at the, like precious treasure. Because whenever you look at those photos, you go through them, what do they stir up? They stir up memories things of the past. You go through and see Tyler, Tyler's baby pictures, okay? He's 24, got a, got a baby on the, got a baby now, got another baby on the way, if you guys didn't hear. Uh, it's a little boy, by the way. Uh, I know you, pretty much everybody knows that now, but uh, I'm excited. Okay. Uh, but you see Tyler's baby pictures, Bryce's baby pictures, Reese's baby pictures. We go through and see uh, like wedding pictures back whenever I, I was really skinny. And uh, my wife's always looked the same. Okay, just beautiful from day one all the way through. <laughs> Sup, girl? Okay. <laughs> but they stir, up, they stir up memories. And here's what I want to tell you that you need to understand. Whenever we receive communion, you need to understand that Jesus is eating this Passover meal with his disciples. And this is what's great about it is in that moment it held such a deep special meaning for them as a people. Okay, the reason why is because there is a time in Jewish history when the Israelites were enslaved. They were enslaved by the Egyptians, and and here's what happens: God, He wanted to set His people free. You guys probably know the story. He sent Moses to say, you know, Pharaoh, let my people go, and He begins to send plague after plague after plague, and the final plague that He sent to deal with Egypt was the death of each firstborn son in each household. Children of Israel, how they were saved from this is God gave them instructions. He said, I want you to take a lamb, and I want you to kill that lamb, and I want you to take the blood from that lamb and place it on the doorpost of the house. And that night, when the death angel came, it passed over those homes that had the blood of the lamb applied to its doorpost. Here's the thing that we need to understand and we remember. We, we think about that. And think about Jesus going to the the cross, the Lamb of God. That when his blood is applied to our lives, we are made new. And we find life in him. 
The Israelites, as they're that night eating that meal, that meal caused them to remember the past, what had happened within their people's history. In fact, Exodus 12, 26 says this. The, the instruction that is given is when, and when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Tell them. It is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt and spared our homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Now, you might say, okay, well, Pastor Jay, we're talking about reflection. Why is this important for our life? Here's why it is important, it is important for our life. That night as Jesus is with his guys and he's having this last, this last supper, this communion meal with them, he's given them this tremendous gift for all of us within the body of Christ. It is a time of examination for us, but it's also a time of reflection because they're reflecting back and thinking, but it also reminds us that we take a moment and we reflect of all the things that God has done within our life. Think about the things that he has brought you through, the faithfulness that he has shown to you. In fact, we took a moment to examine. Let's take a, t- a moment to reflect. Everybody close your eyes. And I want you to go back in your memory and think of your salvation. That moment when you recognize your need of a Savior. You realize that in your sin you was lost. And you cried out to Jesus. Maybe here at Journey, maybe somewhere else. And you embraced Jesus as Savior and Lord of your life. And in that moment you were made into a brand new person. Think of that moment. Think about the times maybe where you were at your wit's end and you felt the presence of God bring peace to your life. Think about the special God moments whenever the Lord spoke something to your life. Think about the times maybe he provided provision for you. The times where things didn't, it's like, how are we ever going to get out of this? And God showed his faithfulness through that. Maybe a moment whenever he spoke something specifically to your heart. Reflection. That's why communion is such a wonderful filter for our life. All right, you can open your eyes. Examination, reflection. Here's another one that I like about communion is it is a time of looking ahead. The reason why that's important is in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. It says this, Paul writes, he says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It literally is a moment whenever we receive the Lord's Supper, when we receive communion, it is a moment for us to remember that Jesus is coming back one day. And I I like to think of it like this, have you ever been away from somebody for, for a while, for a period of time, could be a family member, could be your spouse, and then whenever you see them, you're so excited to see them. And in that moment of waiting to see them, you can't wait. You look forward to that moment. I know that uh, this past week or this past Friday, my wife, she left. She went to Alexandria to go spend some time with her grandma. And uh, she texted me that night to let me know that she got up there safe and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, have fun up there with your grandma and all that kind of stuff. But last night, she left out about 6, 6.30. And last night, I was starting to get anxious because I was ready for my wife to come home because she came home. We got home probably 8.30, something like that. And I said, I missed you. And she said, I missed you too. And I'm like, well, that's good. And, and we laughed because we both said, it's only been 24 hours. And uh, when you're used to being with somebody all, all the time, you can't wait to, to, to be with them again. 
But I remember one time I left for 10 days, went to Africa. And I was away for 10 days. And I got to tell you something. After about seven days or so, I'm like, okay, Africa is amazing. It's beautiful. The people are beautiful and amazing. But I'm ready to go home to see my... And we get on a plane and we start heading back. And and we're in the air forever. And we land in Atlanta and all this kind of stuff. And I know I'm getting closer and closer to home. I could not wait to get home to see my wife, my family, and my church family. It was just inside. I couldn't wait. I'm like, in just a little bit, I'll be able to see my wife again and and hang out with my family again. I'll be able to come and worship with my church family. I was looking forward to what the future held. And here's what I want to tell you. The Lord's Supper is a time for us to look ahead. For all of us to remember that one day we will be with God. That we do, check this out, we do have something to look forward to. We go through life and it throws troubles and problems and all these different things our direction. But one day, and God's faithful through all that, but one day we will be in the presence of God for all of eternity. Get this, a lot of believers, a lot of people, they're they're afraid of death. And people get nervous about that and they say, you know, I don't know about all that. That's the worst thing that could ever happen. But I'm going to tell you something. As believers, seeing Jesus Christ face to face is the greatest experience that we could ever have. Paul said it this way. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, I'm going to live on this earth. I'm going to live for Jesus and I'm going to enjoy what he has me doing here. But one of these days, whenever I step off this earth, I'm going to be in the presence of God forever and ever. And that is an amazing thing. And so here's what I want you to understand. That one of these days that we will see Jesus. And when we receive communion, it reminds us of that. That last verse we looked at earlier, Matthew 26, 29, it says, I tell you, I will not drink from the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new. What are the two words right there? With you in my Father's kingdom. We have to look forward to that one day we will be with Jesus. And so here's what we're going to do. Communion is a wonderful time for us to allow the Holy Spirit to filter us. To examine our lives, is there sin that we need to repent of? Are there relationships that need to be restored? Is there forgiveness that needs to be given? God, are there things in my life I need to deal with? It's a time for us to reflect, to think of all the things that God has done in our life where he has been so faithful and good to us. And it's a time to look forward to what the future holds, that Jesus, one day, we will be with you. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. We talk about looking ahead. One day we will be with Jesus. We'll be with God in heaven for all of eternity. But that can only be true in our life if we surrendered our life to Jesus. If we've embraced him as Lord. Here's what I want to tell you. The other side of that coin We talk about eternity in heaven with Jesus. It's so beautiful. But the other side of that coin is horrible. Because the other side of that coin facing eternity is that if you do not surrender your life to Jesus, you face an eternity of separation from God. A place that the Bible describes as hell. And it doesn't have to be that way. God doesn't reject us. God accepts us and forgives us. But we have to acknowledge that Jesus went to the cross. We have to acknowledge that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And we have to embrace Jesus as Lord of our lives. Maybe today as you sit here, you say, Pastor, I've never done that. 
But today I see that need in my life and I need to embrace Jesus. I need to ask for his forgiveness. I need to let him fill my life with his presence. Well, listen, friend, if that's you, I want to pray with you. There might be others of you in this room who would say, well, Pastor Jay, I, I gave my life to Christ some time ago, whether here at Journey or somewhere else, maybe even as a child. And today, as you look at your life, you recognize the need in your life that your heart has gotten rather far from God. And today, you recognize your need to recommit your life to Christ, to renew your commitment, to get your heart right with Him all over again. Let's settle this before we receive communion. So today, every eye closed, every head bowed in this room, I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise you that. I want to pray with you. And today, I love to know who I'm praying for. So today, if you would say, Pastor, that's me. I want to be a part of that prayer. To give my heart to Christ for the first time. Or to get my heart right with him all over again. Wherever you are in this room, if that's you, raise your hand let me see you. Is there anybody in this room today who would say yes to that? I see you right here. I see you right here, right here, right here, here, right over here. I see you in the back over here. Now, for those of you who raised your hand, this is your moment. And right where you are, I want you to talk to the Lord. Open up your heart even further. And you talk to Him right where you are and pour out your heart to Him. And pray something like this. Jesus, thank you for loving me the way that you do. That you would go to the cross in my place. You paid the price for my sin, my shame, my guilt. And today by faith, I receive what you did for me. I admit to you today that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. I repent for the sin in my life. And Jesus, I pray that through your precious blood today, that you will transform my life. You will change me. In fact, as the Bible says today, make me brand new. I give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to come live in my heart. Be my Savior. Today, I embrace you as Lord and Master of my life. And I thank you for letting me step into your family. Now, with every eye still closed, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you prayed that prayer today from your heart, the Bible says that you just became a child of God, that your name is recorded. It's just been written in a book in heaven called the Lamb's Book of Life. God has changed you on the inside. As we dismiss this service here in a bit, I'm going to ask you to come and let one of our prayer team talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. And church family, today we're going to receive communion. I'm going to go ahead and invite the ushers to come forward. And they're going to begin to pass the communion trays up and down each row. And I want you to take out that communion cup. And very practically, you've got, you got to prepare it. It is prepackaged communion. First of all, shake it. Second of all, peel back the little cellophane wrapper and take out the bread. And then you can peel the little aluminum part back to reveal the juice and hold on to it so we, that we can receive that together. 
I'm going to read this account one more time. While they were reading, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Take that piece of bread. This is a symbol of the body of Jesus. And today as we receive this, we remember what he did for us at the cross. That his body was beaten and wounded and brutalized so that we could have healing in every part of our life. Our body, our mind, our spirit, our soul. And so today, let's pray and let's give thanks. Father, we worship and honor you. And today, Jesus, we thank you for what you did for us at the cross. You gave your life so that we could have life. And today, I thank you that as we receive this bread, we are reminded of your healing touch throughout our entire lives. And we receive that and walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray. What's everybody say together? Now take and eat. Take the juice. It reminds us our symbol of the blood of Jesus. It reminds us of the new covenant that we have in him. That our sins are washed away and forgiven. That we are redeemed because of what he did for us at the cross. Let's pray and give thanks. Father, we honor you. And Jesus, it is through your precious blood that a new covenant was put in place. And today we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your love. And we remember what you did for us at the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. What's everybody say together? Take and drink. Typically, when we get through a communion, we take it as part of our worship experience during the worship time so that we can have that moment just to worship and honor the Lord. I invited a worship team on the platform so that they could take us back into one last song of worship just so that we could honor God and worship Him and thank Him for all the things that He has done in our lives. Here's what I want to remind you. There are several of you in this room you raised your hand to surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. Today, before you leave this place, don't just walk out, but we want to be able to follow up with you and pastor you in a great way. So if you would, fill out a Connect card, turn it in, and come to the front. Let one of our prayer team pray with you and talk to you about your next steps in your walk with Christ. And listen, church family, in a moment as you stand to your feet, they're going to take us back into one final psalm. The ushers are going to come. They're going to pass the trays up and down each row and take your cup and just drop it in that tray and let's just worship honor worship and honor God amen let's stand to our feet